Travelers to the Neverending Adventure podcast. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I'm Russell Tyndall, as always, and with me, as always, as well, is uh, my best good buddy, DJ Nettie P. DJ Nettie P. Nettie P. How are you doing today? You doing pretty well? I'm good, man. It's been a good, like, chill weekend. We're recording on Sunday. We just got two episodes up and ready to go for this week. Oh, man. And I got an iPhone 15 yesterday. Just did the little upgrade. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Fancy. I know. Well, like, man, they, they gave me a huge credit for my old phone. So I was like, I don't, and I'm not super pumped about it, but I was like, I might as well. <laughs> if you're going to, they literally yeah. gave me as much money as like I bought my old phone for to oh, like trade grief. it in. I was like, okay, I'll take that all day. Man, that's great. Yeah, shoot. We need to get on that visual, the video content, maybe for the, the no. Patreon, we can start doing something like that. Who knows? But man, that's, that's cool, Ned. I'm I'm I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I, I thought I was gonna be really excited for this one. But then when you said we should watch the Winter King, you know, the 2023 series, or sorry, 2023 series, uh, the Winter King about a, a British historical fiction television series based on uh what's his name? Bernard Cornwell's The Warlord Chronicles novels. I was just kind of confused <laughs> why you wanted to do that. I thought we were on Fiona and Cake and we were watching through Fiona and Cake. Um, but you know, so I watched the first episode of the winter King, uh, despite it having a 5.4 on IMDb. Um, what, what this, are you laughing at? This is from 2023. Yeah. Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea what oh, you're talking no. about, but we oh, can do it. Hold on. Wait a second. I, I gotta, we need to pause this cause I, I watched the wrong, the winter King. It looks like the next Fiona and cake episode is also called that. <laughs> um oh, yeah just give me it. give me one moment hold on and we're back all right now i'm ready i've I've watched the winter king episode it's way better than that other thing that ned had me watching or <laughs> I, I thought he had me watching i still have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> some <laughs> it's just some obscure show that's going on yeah it's just some random show that when i looked up the winter king for the first time it came up i was like i'm gonna do a bad bit so uh here we are I'm that's what i just did wheel. a but bad dude, bit of the uh, of the Fiona and Cake episode, uh, how you yes, feeling? There we go. Feel pretty good. How am I feeling? Yeah, of course, dude. The the freaking Fiona and Cake series has been fantastic. Every, everything about it, I think every episode has been memorable in some form. Uh, dude, yeah, maybe. Exactly. I mean, there are moments that aren't necessarily with. Uh, you know, I'm I'm still torn on how I feel about the Cake and Squirrel episode. Um, <laughs> that I feel like that felt filler y, like introduce you to the magic universe. It was but... fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun episode. But... Nothing against it. And we got to see a part that will come up and be very important toward the end of this episode with the Hot Dog Night number seven. So that was a fun little like, hey, remember that? If you caught that in the first time we saw it happen, well, man, things aren't exactly how you would hope them to be. And things are definitely getting messed up. And maybe they are a sort of virus for this new universe. Yeah, but well, we can get I... all... Scarab through this moment. episode is is calling them the abomination. And so I think they're yeah. kind of somewhat of an antithesis of a structured multiverse. And it, and it could essentially start severing ties between everything, you know. It's either yeah, that or that's like... that's definitely what's happening. Yeah, I, I the, think either that's that or sure the happening. Prismo Golb magic from, you know, Fiona and Cake's stripped down magic to non-magic world whatever curse that was from Golb is like being able to be extended into other universes. Like they're carrying that virus. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the way I'm looking at it, just being new to Adventure Time and being only through season five, uh, it seems to me that, I mean, they're just causing some sort of a structural like degradation of reality, right? Mm -hmm. Because their reality is not supposed to mix with the other realities as it is the crossover that occurred. And and that is an issue and that's why it should not happen. That's why Prismo should not allow this to occur. Mm-hmm. And so that's why at moments when their reality, being them physically, are touching other things and other realities, which they should not be, that's when you get these glitches yeah. that takes away the magic. Like in their reality, there is no magic right now. So they're touching this thing that is magical and then all of a sudden it becomes it's not magical. Yeah. That's that, I think that's the virus aspect. If, they're, if they were affected, if, or Simon was affected by Golb's like stripping down 
And then, so we're, so we're feeling in Kick's universe that if they escape their universe, they can inherently virus it up. But I, I do have actually, <clears throat> I think it was right after we recorded the last episode, was watching this one for the first time and I had a super, super, super deep, theoretically speaking, but I want to save that for the end because we have a lot to break down here and I don't want to get bogged down too early on in our discussion on my super deep theory. But okay. I, I figured this episode, if we don't digest it, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time that we need to separate it into two courses and kind of start with our, our Marshall Lee and Gary kind of story here because it's a little bit simpler, but it's great. And it's, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the episode, but then get into kind of everything else that Fiona and Cake are up to. If that, if that works yeah. for you. No, that, that works great. I, I'd be happy to talk about them. I think they have a, a really fun storyline. I think their, their energy works really well together. It feels very natural. Uh, the entire... Uh, non-date, but definitely a date kind of yeah. thing that they have going on. I mean, it's it's cute, man. It's it's really sweet to see. And I haven't really seen it play out with Princess Bubblegum yet and, and Marceline, except for yeah, when they're not, being mad at each other. But yeah. are, is there a lot of parallels? Did you feel like it's, the way that they're shown feels very reflective of uh, mm-hmm. you know, PB and Marceline? Yeah, it's unless we really go into a lot of the episode from... Um, from distant lands, which kind of describes and tells the story a little bit more of their first breakup um, before like kind of the Adventure Time series. A lot of, I think, um, the reasons why they're together in the first place is shown in this episode. So it's, it's, I think that this one's fun because it's kind of like proxy watching how Marceline and Princess Bubblegum first got together and kind of watching like just like the slight flirtations. And like you said, the, the date, but it's not a date. Um, I, I like to kind of just imagine that the parallel with Marcy and, and Bubblegum is like similar when they were like just early on, not dating, but, you know, oh my gosh, like you're in my friend's yeah. shower. What are you doing here? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because again, what a way remember, to meet somebody too. <laughs> yeah. Remember how Marceline, you know, when we first get introduced to her, she's like, I've had all these homes and I've had all these adventures and I carve my name and everything. And we see that just with Gary off the get go that he's, Showering at Marshall's with place. Marshall. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Marshall is uh, showering. Yeah, at I did the same place. thing in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And also, I mean, I, I guess Marceline knows LSP and the main series, but LSP is also in the it's apartment, in the <laughs> just like under the bed. I guess I don't yeah. know what he's doing necessarily. I loved, but... I loved that because that's the goofiness. That if if we get too serious with the series and if we get way too canonical, we miss those little moments that make Adventure Time Adventure Time, which is yeah. LS coming out from under the bed being like, "Bring me back some." <laughs> yeah, I'll take some of those cookies as well. Because I mean, hey man, they were really freaking good. And Marshall was like, "Wait a second, are you?" Are you the baker? Are you the person who made those cookies for Fiona? Because we need to hang out. And he's so smooth this whole episode as far as like his flirting and stuff. I mean, he's just on top of it. He knows where to go with the next sentence or whatever. And even when he messes up toward the end of their their date, right? And he brings in the uh, lemon carbs. The lemon carbs. He has a moment where he's just like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I shouldn't have sprung that on you like... You're, you clearly feel like you're not ready for it yet. And uh, I mean, it, it worked out though, fortunately. I mean, it gave Gary this justification where Gary felt like I could tweak this recipe forever. I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out what the heck to do with, with this recipe of the pastries that I'm making. And the lemon carbs, that was the one thing that they were like, hey, it tastes good. Like yeah. it, the taste is there. We're happy about that. Everything I hate the faces. <laughs> the faces suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I- it, they missed the one opportunity for the lemon carbs to say these cookies are unacceptable. Like oh, no. they, they missed a complete opportunity right there. And I was, I was no, waiting I for it the whole was, time. That felt purposeful. That's like, oh, that's a very low. I mean, the low hanging joke, yeah, right? Me gotta, doing the stupid bit at the beginning of this episode. Like they're better than me. They're better comedy writers than I am. And they're not going to hit that low-hanging fruit over time. Yeah, not yeah. I guess maybe also like not nod to Justin Roiland. Who knows? Like they, maybe they just yeah. wanted that to live in in its own little world. But maybe um, what's so good though is this freaking Fiona and Cake man. I mean, again, talking about the writing of this, they did such a good job. I don't want to. We'll wait till we get over to Ice King or sorry, Simon and Winter King and all that. But you know, you feel like you're going one way, and you're like, oh, easy explanation. I know what's going on, and then. Oh no! Here's a little twist. Here's a little extra 
thing that's going on. You feel someone's sus, but then like you realize they are sus, but not in the way that you thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I, they keep doing this with these episodes, and it's really fascinating the way that they've structured a lot of the episodes of this series. Um, but anyway, so I'm just so I'm I'm excited. I think this whole episode's fantastic. Yeah, it's and it's almost hard. I'm like. I feel like I'm doing the same thing. I'm hyperventilating, trying to like put all of my words into slow yeah. sentences and not just like, <laughs> like yeah, Ranting, mouth word yeah. vomit everywhere too. But oh my gosh. On, I, I think one of my favorite parts of, of Marshall and Gary's side story is when um, they go to the candy town or the, the, the bad part of town. He's like, I don't think, you know, mm. you're, this is not really your part of town, man. He's mm-hmm. got this, you know, like black market monochromicorn dealer uh, of candy that's got all yeah, the best the candy candies. supply <laughs> yeah and and i love that that was kind of like the little monochromicorn uh you know nod at that and marshall thinks that that's cool that he's got like this kind of like back alley uh candy supplier where all the good yeah. stuff is and then he decides to you know they go on their date thing and then he breaks into the bakery and marshall's like, like oh, dude that's like that's super punk, punk man and <laughs> and i love that because i think that that's why you know, Marcy and PB work out is that Marcy thinks that she's so cool and that Princess Bubblegum's this, you know, perfect perfectionist and got a fluffy, sugary, sweet life. But Princess Bubblegum's got that uh, somewhat dark side, the edgy side. And that's what I think attracts Marceline to Princess Bubblegum is that Mm. she is real at the end of the day. Um, She's like like an honest person and she's, you know, messes up and does punk things. And it's those little moments through Adventure Time where you see Marcy get kind of big eyes for for PB. And then same with, okay. I think, Marshall. Marshall's like, dude, this guy's like cool. You know, he's not yeah, like as lame I, as I expected him to be. That whole scene was so good with the, the the best cocoa powder or whatever that, I mean, Marshall tries and he's just like, holy crap, you, were, you weren't kidding. Like, this is really yeah. fantastic. And then you go almost immediately, Gary goes off into his kind of rant, which I think we've seen him do before. In that first episode, where he's talking about a sixty-four step business plan, where he's got to perfect his recipe, right? Then he's got to get a bakery and impress the limit. Like he knows where he's going. He's so, so, so passionate about food and about baking, and that's what really impresses Marshall. Like that, I think that's the first moment because there was obviously some attraction or whatever in that very beginning yeah. uh, scene. But Marshall was like, "I'm so impressed with how passionate." this person is about this thing that they do. And it, it did remind me a lot about, I mean, my personal first date with my partner where, uh, you know, we were talking and one of our main conversations that we had that first date was about our passions. It was me talking mm-hmm. about music. It was her talking about fashion and about costuming and then how our passions kind of collided where like there's a history of fashion and music constantly like being in the same place at the same time with the punk scene with disco with grunge i mean there's just so many moments you know and the hippie movement and stuff and all that comes with both fashion and music and the passion that we both have toward this thing and even though her interests aren't my passions necessarily i it was really cool to see how into yeah. it that she is and well, it means both attractive. of y'all are attracted because you're you, you value that dynamic of being yeah. so passionate about a purpose of of any sort of purpose and having a direction for your life that having a partner that lacked in that quality is a turnoff for for probably both of you guys if yeah um now I think marshall has that marshall sees that too right marshall, He's like, yeah marshall has crap. that with his music and and marshall sees that in gary with his baking that Gary's got that same passion, but Marshall does seem a little bit more like, again, like Marceline lackadaisical, uh, let the world kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. the the current of the world, take me where I need to be and I'll be fine. And that kind of structure is one of the things that Marshall lacks. And, And again, probably one of the whole things where like, Hey, I wish I was a little bit more, I would say more passionate, but more like, take my passion and, and construct it into a 64 step plan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they can balance each other out. Maybe there's a way that Gary can help him mm-hmm. come up with that 64 and, step. Plan. And that's what you're, um, and that's what you're probably missing with the context of the rest of PB and Marceline's relationship is that dynamic of Marceline always taking PB's vision for a perfect world and going like, it's okay that it's not perfect. And that's what Marshall does with Gary in this episode. 
But mm. then Princess Bubblegum cool. always telling Marcy, like, you are uh, so much more like special and valuable and you're not just this kind of like floating atom out in the universe. Like you have a purpose and you you have a meaning and I see that. And, and being able to be seen in that way, that's probably like what Marshall is starting to see is like somebody sees me as more than just like the hobo playing music on the street or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it's no wonder, man. I mean, talking about them in this episode, Gary is my lovely for this episode. I, I couldn't help but give it to him. Yeah, he's he's just so likable. I could I can't help but be like, man, Gary just seems like the chillest dude. I would love to hang out with him. Uh, I mean, really, Marshall is more chill, but but yeah. in a different way, right? Um, and I just I was. I was definitely in on the idea of the pastry mention, which is his whole thing about like, there's this underlying story between the candies. When you buy the cocoa berry, you get Mr. Cupcake, Mr. Cupcake uh, because they're married, they're married. You know, <laughs> like you buy one, get the other one cheaper or like these people, like they butt heads, you know? So if you're buying yeah. that one, it's going to be, I mean, I just, the flavors gotta would clash be, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some storyline of like, Oh, I don't know. I just thought it was so fascinating and such a good, like just random, like on the spot presentation that he had to give. Um, and I don't know. It yeah. was weird that it was contra like, on I the love, other hand, we're just seeing Fiona and Merck just constantly yeah. all these kind of kingdom <laughs> characters, but but no, I mean, he, he won me over with uh, just everything this episode. I thought he was a really great character. I, I love that moment too. And I, I love the fact that he's your lovely for that reason specifically. Um, but the pastry mention aspect of this episode, I love it. I think it's the writers nodding to themselves about they created a, a world of crazy critters and, and stretchy dogs and candy people and penguins in the ice kingdom and they put storylines around it that made people really care, you know? So I mm -hmm. think that that's really cool that the writers are like, we've created this thing that now people like love. And maybe when it was first introduced, people hated it because they were like, well, why would I give a fuck about little candy <laughs> people and, and slumber maybe. party panic in the first season when it's first introduced? Maybe the writers again were frustrated just like Gary was. And as it kind of developed organically. It didn't have to be perfect when it was delivered the first time, but as the show developed organically and the audience, you know, us as the the lemon carbs in this situation, once we learned more of the story, we learned the we loved the dynamic more. Again, kind of your difference between starting the show off going, I don't know what you've gotten me into, and then now getting mm -hmm. into season 5 being like, shoot, dude, I'm like I'm sold on, you know, I'm I'm invested now in a what's going to happen yeah, with cinnamon, very butt, quite you know, invested. things like that. Yeah, that's great, dude. I I don't know. It's just, it's good. I, I don't know if I have too many it's more good. deep thoughts about their their date and all that stuff. I mean, I like the fact that they went to a records and, and cookbook store, I mean, outdoor store, right? And yeah. Marshall Lee holds up a record that says Vampire Queen, <laughs> which is just too good. I mean, it's such a great band name. Uh, but then even talking about how smooth he is, I mean, at the, the end of the episode, Marshall brings that back up about the uh, the chocolate-dipped strawberry. Like, so where mm -hmm. does a chocolate-dipped strawberry go to meet a cupcake anyways? Which is just the perfect yes. two characters to describe them to, probably. And immediately, Gary's like, well, let me tell you about Slumber Party Panic, episode yeah, one he's of Slumber Adventure Party Time. Panic. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the callback. Then I'm going to get to my bigger, uh, theoretically speaking, but it plays into the very end scene of Marshall and Gary, and it plays into the end scene of Fiona and Cake's little aspect of the story. But before we move on, we're going to take a quick breather and collect our thoughts. But there is one huge dynamic, again, of this beginning of this relationship that almost went over my head when I watched this episode is when, uh, was it, when Gary talks about the lemon carbs, and he's like, I want to put this in front of these investors, and they're awesome. Gary's like, he seems sad and he's like, yeah, I think my mom's told me about them before. And you got to remember, Gary at the beginning of the show was like, I don't have, I'm not speaking with my mom right now. We're not on talking terms. And that he, the biggest like gesture of why that was a huge deal um, is the fact that he calls his mom up uh, for the first time. Yeah, he was forever. willing to do it. And mm. he's willing to do it for Gary. And that's kind of like probably why this was a really emotional scene for Marshall because he put himself on the line. He became really vulnerable by, you know, breaking that uh, whatever feud he had with his mom. 
and doing that for Gary and then it not working out. I, even personally speaking, man, when, when that kind of thing happens in my life, when, you know, I really put my heart on my sleeve for somebody, or I really go out of my way to do something for somebody and it doesn't work out. Um, and that's anything from like smoking a 12 hour, (laughs) like pork butt and it (laughs) tasting like ass or, uh, you know, driving out of the way for somebody, um, and them just being like, oh yeah, like, uh, just kidding. We're not hanging out. And I'm like, dude, I just drove an hour. It, it gets to me. And the fact that it, it, Marshall turns around and is totally unfazed and was just like, jumps right back into that conversation that, you know, yeah, I need to care about Gary in this saying, situation. Even with Gary being like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I boring you? Which is another thing where that could throw him off as well. But I, I think you're right. I think Marshall just has incredible emotional intelligence throughout mm-hmm. this whole episode. And his ability to juggle those feelings and then get back and then at the same time empathize and be like, oh, no, 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 it's cool. Like, I'm not bored. Like, you're not boring me at all. I actually find your passion for this thing really cool, which is yeah. what inspired him, right, to go on that ledge. That's that's a great freaking point, Ned. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it, like I said, I, it took me two times watching it and then I'm watching a bunch of people's reviews on it. And I'm like, what did I miss? What did I miss? And I was like, oh, gosh, I did. Like, that was such a huge part of their storyline was that. Yeah. And and I what I imagine is going to happen uh, as we kind of dive into their relationship deeper is that uh, Marshall's going to get very vulnerable, and then Gary's not going to reciprocate perfectly, and it's going to make Marshall very mad, and they're going to get into some sort of feud or spat because that's kind of the uh, PB and Marcy dynamic too. Is that Marcy, as soon as she becomes vulnerable, she's been hurt her entire life, she's been let down her entire life by a lot of people that she surrounds herself with after opening up. And then that's why she just recloses herself off over and over and over again. And so I think that there's going to be something where, you know, with Marshall's music and Gary doesn't show up to like a, like a show or a coffee shop show. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be like, well, what, like, dude, I, I, you know, did all this stuff for you. And all I needed was somebody to be there. And I think Gary's going to have to do a lot of, um, Gary's kind of over in his own universe a little bit. He's kind of, you know, tunnel visioned, and that this is going to widen Gary's perspective on, hey, man, it's, you know, maybe Marshall's not part of my 64-step plan, so maybe I need to make it a 65-step plan, you know? Yeah, start adapting it. Oh, man. Ned, you're crushing it today. Well, yeah, let's take, dude, this, take a break. This, is, let's this might be one doing. of my favorite episodes so far. <laughs> like, it just, it was so much information and emotional overload that yeah. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of the show without just, like, peeing myself on the podcast. I do really hope we get that far into this series. Like, I hope they give it enough episodes to where we can develop what's going on with yeah. them a little bit further. And you have a, a slope downward and then a nice, like, finale to mm-hmm. uh, their relationship or, or whatever it is to where it's like, oh, here's their conclusion. We're good now. But some yeah, sort of an emotional roller coaster, some things have to get worse to before all. they get better. Um, yeah, because it's almost we're, too we're good. That. It's we're almost seeing too good that right with, now. Uh, yeah, we're seeing that with Fiona and Cake's universe, which we'll talk about next. But we need to see that happen uh, with Marshall and Gary's. Things are gonna have to get worse, and again, that's yeah. gonna make us way more emotionally invested, uh, invested in those characters for sure. But yeah. let's take a breather before I extend the first half of this podcast to fifty minutes itself. So. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> back after a uh, very, very short break. But uh, I, I like to break it up like that, you know? It gets us a little yeah. bit more like, okay, clear, unbold Gather the notes, what else we got to talk about. Uh, but man, Fiona and Cake in this episode, I feel like the funniest part about this side of the episode is we didn't get a lot of Fiona, in my opinion. Like, a lot of action Fiona, but way less dialogue than we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, this feels like a Simon-centered episode. I mean, it's Simon meeting another Simon, right? And Mm -hmm. having probably way more questions than we get to see him actually ask. He's just kind of in amazement for most of the episode. And he's like frozen. At the end. (laughs) Yeah, pun pun intended. He is uh, a little frozen, I think, with like having to digest this of, uh, okay, like, if this was a possibility in my universe, he's probably feeling very jealous. Yeah. He's Why probably can't I feeling do it? like totally. Yeah. Um, or like if I had been Ice King a little bit longer. And at the end of the day, he is trying to become Ice King again. And he's really curious. Like, if I can become Ice King again, how can I be this kind of Ice King, this normal guy Ice King, uh, who we realize is not really normal at the end of the day? But um, yeah, it's it's a little, it's more and more of this let's make you feel empathetic towards Simon, but 
I think he's he's got to get himself off like up by his bootstraps at some point in the show mm-hmm. and stop yeah. kind of doing this like wallowing in self-pity kind of moping around moping around yeah. and and honestly I think we're kind of starting to see and where the show might be going is his obsession with Betty is almost unhealthy like mm-hmm. maybe it's a way, like very much with tapping into evil gold magic that was pretty yeah. unhealthy and murdering oh, no uh, doubt. choose Bruce or choose goose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, plus you have the principles in my mind. I mean, thinking back to uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is an anime that I don't think you've seen yet, Mm-mm, where seen the whole thing is like, it's the uh, creation of matter. Like, you can't create matter out of nothing. You have to have some sort of a, a sacrifice or some sort of a, a thing that turns into another thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to bring someone back from the dead, that requires quite the trade. And this is the same thing in this world, right? Like, I think there's a curse to bringing someone back anyways. I mean, even if we're looking at Prismo and Prismo trying to do something through a wish, there's a monkey's Mm -hmm. paw aspect to it. And so I I think he needs to find a way to like mourn for the death and and move on. I don't think she would want him to suffer like this and forever be in this like terrible mental state. I think Mm -hmm. it's time for Ice King or Simon to to grow past this. And, and I think he's accepting, right, which is what's scaring me a little bit, is he's accepting that, oh, if I just don the crown again, I'll be crazy, but then, like, my mind will be off Betty and I'll be happier again. Yeah. And so there's like... that is a numbing effect, yeah. Yeah, which it's is not like healthy an unhealthy either. way. Yeah, so I'm really curious to see where this is going and I'm kind of glad he felt vindicated at the end of this episode, but it's certainly... I don't know. It, it left me feeling a little bit uneasy with where we're going with Simon for the rest of this series. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, they want you to feel uneasy. They want you to th- kind of feel that this plan that they're concocting to make Simon crazy again and Fiona just wants to have adventures again is not going to end exactly. It's, it's not going to be like, great, he's magic and great. We went to, back to our universe and so is the world now. But um, I, I just actually, I just watched the new uh, DC Flash movie, um, which was like, yeah, I went in with low expectations. And yeah. uh, so it was Brave a little soul. better than I expected, um, but still kind of just poor writing at the end of the day. But they, <laughs> they, this one gets oh. into time travel and multiverse and the DC multiverse that they're trying to create, which they're creating it really weird as well. But one yeah. of the concepts of, you know, time travel um, is creating, you know, those alternate time branches. Um, but Michael Keaton's Batman in that one is explaining, okay, yo, you just travel back in time, you created a new branch. However, time doesn't work like a tree where everything branches out perfectly. It's like a bowl of spaghetti. And that all these timelines you're creating will end up overlapping at similar places. And, you know, mm. that pretty much all these overlaps are the similarities, the inevitables in all the universes. And so I love that that I just watched that with this show that there does seem to be a number of inevitables in this show. The the Cy or um, PB and Marcy kind of having some sort of crossover dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Finn always Finn or Finn's character, the portrayal of Finn's character always being heroic. Are these inevitables in all the multiverses? Are you, you know, are you saying that baby Finn doing a fist bump at the end of the episode was heroic? Absolutely. You you know <laughs> that baby Finn awesome. is the most heroic baby in the baby verse. Like easily. I mean, there's a freaking baby lich, which is another constant, right? There's mm-hmm. there's oh, a got, baby lich in to, every universe. I got more to say about that because that ooh, that that opens up a can of worms on where the show is gonna go. And okay. we're gonna be releasing this when I the lich is coming back. I already kind of got a spoiler. Um, oh no! Did thanks you really? to the assholes on Instagram, where I'm just scrolling reels, and it's like, yeah, big spoiler in the first two seconds Gotta of get a video. Off reels. Gotta get off reels, dude. So what dumb. the heck? And, but it was like a lot of them have been like spoilers for this episode, spoilers for this episode. Yeah. And, I, and I quickly change it, and then just one guy was like, two seconds into no, the I video, like, I don't want to know. Like, I don't spoiler, know. I don't <laughs> no, 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 you don't want to know. But, <laughs> but it, it actually goes back to the theory I had a few episodes ago with when we saw the Lich in the um, Steamboat Willie universe that it's important. Now we see baby Lich in the background of the baby verse and, but just sitting there, like sitting there waiting and it's, it's creepy, but I think it's important. So I've, I'll get to Mm -hmm. my final, that, that is my part of my final, theoretically speaking. So 
Well, well I want to talk about the Winter King, Ned. Let's talk yeah, about the Winter me, King. Tell me about what so you cool. thought about um, his musical number. Well, I freaking adored his musical number. I, I want to just say that the voice actor, did you recognize? I mean, are you familiar no, with wait, the voice I actor? I, it didn't like spark any fires it may in not, my hand. It may not. Uh-huh. It may not. Because I don't think you're a big or not as big of a YouTube guy as I am. I, I feel like I'm constantly watching stuff on YouTube. But there's uh, a guy from Polygon, or at least that's where I know him uh, from. It was a channel. And they also rate and review video games and stuff. But Brian David Gilbert from Polygon is the Winter King. And dude, he freaking crushes it. But if you want to get into Brian David Gilbert at all, this isn't my rec, but he's hilarious. He read all 337 books in Skyrim. So you oh don't have gosh. to, you know, oh and my gosh. he has a wonderful <laughs> video about Jeez. Waluigi, which I highly recommend. And then Pokemon Edibility is another one that I really enjoyed where he's diving into uh, you know what, you, <laughs> eating Pokemon and what they would taste like or whatever. Oh, I mean, I've seen, okay, I've seen awesome. his TikTok then before. Yes, I'd so, but that's yeah. his voice as the the. It wizard, is, or the, and as the soon King. as it was pointed out to me, it was so obvious. It was like the most obvious thing, and and it wasn't distracting. But I was certainly like, I I love that he got the opportunity to be a part of this Adventure Time series. That's cool. So and yeah, like, especially cool. if he was a, a super fan too, to kind of be around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, he may, um, he may have been, I'm not sure, but just, he's just so good. He, I want to see him in more things. I want to hear his voice in more things because it, it works great and he can sing yeah, like what you're sing. saying. And I think that this I mean, is cool. It's a cool um, awesome. musical montage. One, because yeah, the song's actually great. I like loved the song. Um, it's my tops. It, yeah. Oh, this yeah. is the tops? Okay, great tops It's my too. tops for the episode. Yeah, the yeah. song is uh, fantastic. I mean, it's very catchy. It's it just it's very like um Broadway-esque too. It gives it, it Adventure Time has so many songs that feel way more like random um and improvisational. This was like a spot-on performance of a Broadway yeah. show. And it was so non-adventure sure. timey, but it but it fit, you know. Yeah, it's and it explains a little bit like we get a little bit of background, like he he beat the crown by sheer force of will, sort of. I yeah, mean, really. Uh, uh, yeah, he just really, redirected but... what was causing him. But the fact that he was able to do that, I mean, there was some will involved, right? In yeah, order to absolutely. redirect where the craziness, the madness was going. Some some uh, ice ninja power. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Simon asked him, like, it's hard to resist the crown's power. Like, how'd you do that? And the Winter King kind of laughs it off. He's like, hard, come on, or come now. Making something wonderful is as easy as manifesting, manifesting your, your own reality. Own reality. I love yeah, that which is line. So in fascinating the because it's not easy to manifest your own reality. I think it's something to to pursue, to try. But I mean, if your reality is fake, yeah, it makes it a whole lot easier to manifest your own reality, which is what Wonder King essentially did. Uh, and another way of doing that would be taking advantage of others, which again is what the Winter King essentially did. He manifested his own reality in, in a, a negative way and a not so good way. Yeah, it, it was interesting if he's that, I don't know, sneaky, it, that he is willing to help Simon that upfront. Like, oh, I'll just make another copy of the crown. Like, you think he'd have maybe something that was more maniacal uh planned out i guess but maybe not maybe he is now just as good as you know uh prime princess bubblegum is is that he's just no i mean that's a a great question no i think i think that really is a good question like what is his motivation for wanting to help them create the new crown i mean Mm -hmm. uh, is it loneliness is he just narcissistic and he's like because he in this episode is constantly trying to be like how great am i like Cake, I'm helping people. What, what do you want? What do you need from mm-hmm. me? I can yeah, I can create anything, better anything for you. you want. Yeah, it's, yeah, it does introduce that PB, the PB mentality of like n- always ask how, never ask why. You know, yeah, like oh, can I do this? Can I create another crown? That it just feeds his own narcissism. That like oh yeah, everybody loves me because I can do everything for them. Uh, I can fix yeah, all the maybe, problems. Maybe so. Maybe it's guilt that drives him. You know, I mean, as we we'll get into. Ice Marceline and stuff yeah, like that in a moment. Dude, let's just get into that, man. Well, I, I want to talk. I want to finish oh, up, up about the song real fast. Oh yeah, if you don't yeah. Mind. <laughs> and the, okay, yeah. This all I'm sorry, to go back to, to the song. <laughs> song yeah. Well, what do you think about the animation? Because I've got a thought about it. Yes, the animation is exactly what I wanted to talk about because the watercolor animation style is beautiful. We've only seen it one other point in this little mini series, which was during the dream sequence that had the Ice Prince. 
in it for Fiona, right? She's dreaming in, in, in that very first scene of the very first episode. Um, and that's so curious to me because, and again, it's another version of Ice King or Ice Prince, which she ends up calling the Winter King at the end of this episode. But I asked Allie about because she's more into art history and stuff. And, and in her opinion, watercolor isn't necessarily used for hyper-realistic as like a hyper-realistic art style. And it's really fascinating that in this reality, this not realistic reality where things aren't as they seem, aren't as good as they seem, has it truly overcome the will of the crown? The crown still constantly giving a little bit of influence onto a all the decisions madness. and how he yeah. thinks. Yeah, I mean, perhaps that's true. Perhaps the art style is used to demonstrate how kind of too good to be true everything mm, is. That is, I mean, it's, what he's are your making thoughts? his again. He's manifesting his own reality, and his reality is displayed as watercolor, but it's really not as pretty or realistic as it actually is. And so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great way to put. It. I didn't even think about that. All I could think about was for my fans out there, we've got a whole episode uh, later down the road in Adventure Time where it's just about like caterpillars and butterflies and bugs and they do it all in water and and it's odds are it's in a different adventure time universe and they just did a special episode on it and another Mm. one where finn and jake like dive into uh like the mermaid's grotto uh or that they they're hunting a sea lard in their pond in the backyard and they pop into kind of this different world where everything is like uh that watercolor animation um so they've used this in the show before so i love kind of that animation callback to those episodes however the caterpillar butterfly episode is probably top five least favorite episodes of all time. <laughs> so it didn't necessarily bode well for me on my first watch. And I was like, oh, it just got oh, me those man. the bad feels that that old episode brought me. Yeah. Well, dude, it's a, a really cool song and it's easily my tops for the episode. I don't know what it's called. Winter Wonderland, maybe. I think it's Winter I mean, Wonderworld. Because he, he keeps Winter saying Winter Wonderworld. Yeah. Okay. I th- maybe I'm just thinking of a freaking... Walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah, I think they had changed it so it wouldn't be winter wonderland. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's silly me. But I love Cake. Again, you know, she was my lovely, I guess, last episode because Mm -hmm. she was kind of egging on the the romance and trying to get the tea or whatever. And she's just like, kiss each other. (laughs) And Wonder King goes, don't think it hasn't occurred to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which again, kind of like what you said, some of the madness leaking over. He seems a little unhinged still. And I was like, that's the only thing that doesn't parallel perfectly with him and our prime princess bubblegum is that this ice king still seems somewhat a little mad and unhinged. So it's maybe a little bit of that madness mm-hmm. kind of coming back, narcissism and madness at the same time. Yeah, maybe get, so. Getting I mean, to that, we, the, 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 again, the madness aspect of it. Um, and I'm sure that you, I, I want to talk about Marceline just before we run out of time at all. And we see, all we see is, Little little ice Marcy playing on a real bass, yeah. her real, you know, axe bass. And then at the end of the episode, when Fiona's uh Prismo magic, whatever we want to call it now, zaps the magic out, she's melted. And they do a very dramatic, almost still shot on her being melted. So I I thought about it myself and and looked into some fan theories. And I think Yeah, you, there's you an easy theory here. Yeah, um, it's it feels very clear what happened to me i mean maybe maybe it's wrong maybe i have some aspects of it wrong uh but you're welcome to to say it if you want to yeah yeah there's well and there's a couple of theories that play into larger theories but obviously the easy ones are that once uh simon or the ice king um transfers his madness over to princess bubblegum and she becomes the candy queen and he becomes the winter king that Marcy gets really mad at him and tries to defeat him. And he's either one killed her or two like frozen her in ice um, and, you know, blocked her away or whatever. So he also then would have maybe felt guilty because that's like his longest friendship. And that would probably be a consistent in this universe that they had some sort of beginning and that he manifested an ice Marcy um, to deal with his guilt, put her in the image of how he wants to remember yeah. her. Um, and that's exactly the reason why when Simon says, hey, you know, do you remember Betty? He's like, oh yeah, well, once you have a crown, you can just create an ice Betty and that'll solve the problem. So it's kind of like 
backing up but that it's theory. unethical yeah it's but, a little oh, unethical. but it's, it's, it's a little unethical so he knows like yeah. he's created an ice marcy of some of his own design to deal with the guilt of um or deal with the guilt or the loss or the lack thereof of marceline in his life and yeah yeah, yeah he, again his him doing something unethical for sure no, I, I 100% feel the same way. I mean, that was my theory, radically speaking, as well. It's just, you know, he created her in the sweetest, least rebellious version of her, or like how he likes to remember her. Mm-hmm. And that's how he continued to remember her for 100 years hereafter is this. And there's, you know, I mean, Child Marceline, we don't know for sure, but her door is a gate. It looks like she's trapped in that room, she's happy to be that way because she's created out of ice mm-hmm. and she is the sign of know any better. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly is a prisoner here and is not really having free will by any means. And it's it's unfortunate. It really it really sucks. And I do think it weighs on him, despite the fact that he tries to to play it off and tries to I mean, even another unethical thing or, or maybe not unethical, but another moment that, you know, where I was just like, dude, this dude is so sus. Um, is when we go into the laboratory, when the Winter King brings Simon into the laboratory, gives him a suit because you looked ugly. I mean, not, you know, <laughs> fair, whatever. Uh, but he wasn't a scientist. I thought that was fascinating that this new Simon is a, a scientist. scientist. Yeah, yeah, which was interesting. But he's going to duplicate the crown, right? And Simon brings up Betty and is like, was there a Betty in this universe or whatever? And he straight up calls her the dead one and then laughs about it. And mm-hmm. I just, that just got me, man. I was like, dude, you suck. Um, and again, maybe, I mean, who knows what happened or if he ever tried to get Betty back. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's, seems like he's moved it's on. Honestly, it could be one of those things that, uh, what we were saying about before, that his obsession with Betty could have been what was keeping him stuck in that state of wizard madness and wizard sadness was that he was so hyper obsessed with Betty that maybe he could have defeated the crown. Maybe he could have overpowered it more maybe, but Hmm. his obsession with Betty is what kept him insane all those years. Uh, Even with the crown on, even though it was numbing the pain, he wasn't feeling it that deep down, he wasn't going to be able to have the strength to better himself because he was just so caught up with, I will, you know, I'll never be complete without Betty. And so that's, in all other universes, we're not seeing, or at least haven't like seen... what actually happened, right? Yeah, we what don't I, really well, know what happened with Buddy. Well, we we, we kind of do. Um, well, in this universe is what I'm saying. In this reality, like it may not be the yeah, exact oh, yeah, same thing reality, that happened yeah. to our Simon Petrikov. It's there's a good chance it, that maybe this universe is similar. I heard a theory too that it goes back to the our Marceline, but it also goes back to um, when you were saying, okay, well, how did he just, he said, I over, over the sheer power of will, I transferred my madness over to her or whatever, or it got over the ice thing. There's a theory that Marceline, like in our prime, um, made a wish, went to Prismo's, you know, wish thing at some point in time and made a wish. Hey, I wish that Simon wasn't mad anymore. And his monkey paw wish created this universe where mm, Simon wasn't mad. That's cool. Whoa. Yeah. But, but the monkey paw of that was he, uh, you know, transferred the yeah. madness over to princess bubblegum and it, it made Marceline so mad that she tried that she dies trying to, you know, beat the new wizard king, quote unquote. So that's, that's a really cool, that's why, a like, cool theory. This is Holy the byproduct cow. of a monkey paw universe. Yeah. I actually really, that, I don't know if that's what happened. I don't know if that's necessarily my personal house canon or yeah, head canon, but I, I, I think that's yeah, freaking I'm, cool. Yeah, I, I might treat it as my house can't. I don't think that's going to be... They can't, you know, uh, loosen every one of these universes no. on how they were created. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to keep that as my maybe, you know, back pocket house can in there. Yeah. But, well, um, I wanted to mention earlier too, we got to see a little bit of how, like, for sure, something's wrong with the winter... Uh, Winter King is his name. I was like, that doesn't sound There's right. There's so many me. mixed names at this point. I was going to say Weather <laughs> King. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> the Weather King. No, but we get to see it when he he goes and he makes this ice sword that has fighting powers. So Fiona isn't given the ability to fight by the magic. It's the sword itself mm-hmm. helps the user of the sword to fight. So we'll see if maybe the like having those movements will help her later in the future yeah, now like that she's seen what, what to do or something. Yeah. Uh, but why I wanted to bring this up is uh, Steve Wolfhard, who's a cartoonist and worked on this episode and I believe some other episodes. He he has a great Twitter. I mean, if you don't follow him, you should definitely follow him. 
but he tweeted out that the red flash and diamond on that sword, which kind of activated the help her fight, right, is evidence that while Ice Prince appears completely sane, he is still he still has some uh, Ice King bug in his brain, even though he doesn't know it. So mm-hmm. that's like one of the first clues that something is still kind of wrong with him. This unintended uh, addition to the sword, perhaps, is that she can fight really well or that um, you know, the glowing red diamond or gem, you know, there's something there that feels a little bit off. Um, and of course she loses the sword at the end of the day. So we'll see mm-hmm. how she moving forward has any ability to fight or if she's gotten any better at that, but she definitely learns a valuable lesson, right? This episode, she's just out there, Ned, just destroying just candy people, did, banana guards, cinnamon buns, you know, Valentine's <laughs> heart out, just giant smashing. heart out. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, it rips the the you know pastry's face off. Like it's so brutal. How <laughs> they're they're not just yeah, like getting up there. They're like, how can so I? Crude. How can I absolutely just wreck this universe? And I love I love not my tops of the episode, but I love at the end when Cake's like, uh, we'll we'll go we'll go look for him. <laughs> like as all the candy yeah. people are like crushed in a pile. In the back <laughs> yeah. Well, she finally finally comes to grips with like that she's just been hurting like innocent candy people and mm-hmm. she wasn't really living her dream. She felt like she was living her dream. And and we've seen this in every episode before this too. Kate does the same thing with the marketplace, right? In that third mm-hmm. episode. And Fiona goes in yeah. there and just like starts beating up, beats up a kid, you know, that's just like eating a lollipop or whatever. And hopefully she's finally learning a lesson that like, just because you can do these awesome magical things that you've always wanted to, doesn't mean that you should just do them at whim or just all the time on anyone yeah. like there needs to truly be purpose it's, and and is she a hero or is she being the bad guy exactly she's is she being struggling with that all these bit. universes like you know freaking uh, holocausts like she's destroying oh, things along the way man like well and it's yeah. a big i think it's a huge huge good moment in the show here kind of getting fiona as all she's already three-dimensional obviously but uh having her have kind of that hero's dilemma um that Finn has. And Finn has it through the show, especially with the introduction of Fern, where, yeah, man, I can adventure and I can go cut and slash and beat bad guys. But like, what are the, like, what am I leaving in my wake? Like the, the pile of bodies, the pile of stories and lives that I've destroyed. Or um, he starts to be like have moments in the show where he kind of self-implodes and is like, I don't know if I can be a hero anymore. I, I don't know. Like, I've lost the... Like, what if I kill this giant banana monster uh, for my fans? You know what I'm talking about from season nine. Um, but kill this giant banana monster and I don't want to. I, I don't want to kill things anymore because I don't really know why this monster's evil or why it's trying to, dest- is it trying to defend its family? Is it trying to, was it raised this way? Is this part of its its uh, essence and in, in nature? And I think that Fiona, in a similar way, is doing that, but you know, she's come from now this normal universe and seeing all these magical universes and kind of coming into the baby verse. She's like, oh my gosh, this is not a video game. This is not, uh, these are like real lives that I'm affecting. And so I think that that we're going to have to deal with that in the next episode where she's gonna need to slice and dice some monster or and go, hey, maybe we need to hear him out. Like, hey, maybe, maybe we need to settle this a little bit more diplomatically. Well, I think she'll learn from Simon a little bit because Simon has this, and, and maybe it's because mm. straight up the Candy Queen is 100% doing or having done to her what Simon had done to him, right? Where he's like convinced that you know, we can, we don't need the fighter. There's a beautiful person inside. Let's figure it out. I mean, sure, she's taking this metaphor of like, I'm the key ingredient and she's going to bake me into <laughs> a cake or whatever. Which and I think is very a great literal. villain arc too. <laughs> Great villain I mean, arc like, that the blunder says this, one two kill. <laughs> yeah, she, well, and she I, I love how in her song, which we can't even we don't have to talk about that much. It was a great song. Um, oh, we I'm sure it was a Rebecca it, Sugar song too. But yeah, that, probably would. all of the things like she was like, oh, so how many like frozen desserts? How many sweet treats can be made with ice and sugar? And then she wants to create all these desserts with with his ice power. Now she can create frozen candy people pretty much with herself was she gonna also put that's herself what, that's in what the my, blender? my theory was that she was gonna jump it in the blender like as well yeah and that they were gonna yeah. mesh into one 
ultra powerful like ice cream sandwich man or something like that. You know, she's kind of got Willy Wonka vibes, man. A little yeah. bit of Willy Wonka. Willy, is she Willy sexy? Wonka is she the meets... sexiest character <laughs> she of this episode? She might be the sexy character of the episode. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, she, she definitely got somewhere between... It's like if you crossed Willy Wonka with Lemon Grab and then you put okay. those into one... Because all of her candy people too. Like we look at Simon's Ice Kingdom. Yeah, like the the snowmen and stuff are like crude, but she's got all these like wonked up bananas and everything kind of looks like messed up. And I'm like, that's way more like the lemon kingdom uh, as you'll see coming up soon where mm-hmm. they've created all these lemon people that are just nasty. Like they're just, they're gross. They're almost like um, Cronenberg, like, you know. Do you think, is that, is there something there where they don't, sorry, I'm thinking back to the lemon carbs. They don't like, all the smiley faces, does it have something to do with, I mean, the the bubblegum kingdom or with that episode that you're talking about where they create their own, like, too perfect, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, there's got to be a, a way. parallel there. Yeah, we'll get that to that drawing. later in season five. Yeah. But I'm glad we're having the discussion now because once we get to season five, we can parallel it back to Fiona and Cake episodes. Which, again, will be really fun to do for the rest of our review of mm-hmm. the normal Adventure Time. One thing's for sure, though, the gingerbread cookie that we saw that Gary makes, right? We get to see a real one in this messed up uh, bubblegum kingdom. And I'm mm. I'm guessing it's the Royal Tart Toter. I kind of yeah, hope it's I not because I feel so bad for him. I'd assume that's the only gingerbread cookie we get. Yeah. But <laughs> it looks it, it, so he's an bad. evil Tart Toter. Oh, man. And freaking Simon's just like, wow, what a lovely metaphor. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a metaphor, dude. You're well, about to be an ingredient. <laughs> man, I love... So my tops of the episode was when, uh, you know, the Winter King's pretty chill about the Candy Queen capturing him. And he's got all the marks in the background of, like, times I've been captured. Uh, but the best part Tons. is when, in her song, when she opens up the curtains and reveals the giant mixer, and he goes... Is, th- is this normal? He goes, not this part. This is an escalation. <laughs> yeah. Just the way that that line was delivered was my for sure tops of the episode. And um, it, along so with funny. my lovely was the uh, the gummy handcuffs. And <laughs> when she oh, puts okay. the gummy handcuffs on the on Simon. And uh, I don't know. That's just my little fun lovely of the episode. Yeah. Ned, I want to know your thoughts about the very end here when the crown loses its magic. And my thought is it's because... Uh, it becomes in contact with Fiona, right? A, a non-magical person touching from another reality mm-hmm. that doesn't mix with this reality or whatever. So anyways, the crown loses its magic. And instead of the Winter King just turning into Simon, normal he Simon, goes from, yeah. yeah, normal Simon to dust. Like he straight up dies. And I, I know the explanation probably has something to do with, oh, well, it's because he was so many hundreds of whatever years yeah, old yeah, he was at and least, he shouldn't yeah. still be alive. But then our Simon is still alive and he doesn't have the crown. Is it a spoiler? Does it have something to do with the spoiler no, that I well, haven't seen it, yet? It would have been something that's already been spoiled. So you saw how it, when they were describing um, Simon becoming how he is now, um, that they were basically inside Golb and Golb was digesting them yeah. and sh- so stripping it is because away of their magic. Okay. It's because of that that I think that Simon gets the magic stripped away but because it was done in this weird magical gold digestion that he doesn't just like turn into a pile of bones that this gotcha. though, remember in um, the song we just, uh, the episode we just reviewed with Marcy and Simon where he's like, uh, you know, this crown it's, it's keeping me alive, but it's making me crazy. So if in our prime universe, if Simon or the ice King had just lost his crown or the crown had just lost its magic powers, that that would have been what would have happened. Um, yeah, it's SSM. kind of like a a simile to uh, this could be if you're way deep diving in the ocean, right? And you've been there for a long time and nitrogen has filled up your, your blood or whatever mm-hmm. that is, right? And, and you, when you come up too fast, you get the, you bends, get the bends and you can die, right? Maybe that's it's a similar thing. It's like it's stripped away immediately. And therefore, but I think what you're saying is really the, the true reason for it is because of the the magic being stripped away from Simon as opposed to the crown that has the power is destroyed. And yeah. then, yeah, everything about him immediately yeah. goes back to it was, what it would be. It was pretty much just, uh, yeah, done in two different ways. Um, very okay. different ways yeah. of Simon losing the powers between our prime universe and, and this universe itself too. But I think so. I think so. That's a good explanation for it. And I just, I feel bad for Ice. Marceline and I really would love to see the the moment when that Simon 
takes down Marceline and mm-hmm. that universe. I mean, yeah. that would be pretty epic, I mean, I'm sure. all of the loose ends that we are, like, po- the potential loose ends, the potential questions that this show is going to arise might lead to another season of Adventure Time where it's just, like, Adventure Time Season 11 Multiversal Madness, and we are going back and visiting random universes for 10 minutes and, like, getting backstory. Um, not not anything, mm. like, crazy canonical, but now we can go to the baby universe and have an adventure. Now we can go to uh, this universe and and watch Marceline make the wish and, with Prismo and and die to the Ice King. You know, like, we, we've got a lot more <laughs> yeah. open-ended adventures we can have. Dude, I we got to spend some time in the baby world this, the baby this next episode. <laughs> Please. I got to see. I, I hope, mean, it's so I hope we cute. do a little something. And then the theory of the baby, I think, I don't know Can when we bring or baby wh- Finn with us? Let's see. He just yeah. needs to come with us now. <laughs> Um, like there was another thing, baby. Um, the dark part of this episode is there was no uh, Finn and Jake in this universe or no version of a Fiona and Cake or Finn and Jake. And that the mm. theory is probably the same is that they probably tried to defeat um, new uh, Winter King and that yeah. they are either frozen. And so he's, again, created his perfect universe by freezing or killing anybody that opposed him. Good grief, dude. I, I didn't know, even think about crazy. that. It, no, cr- again, this it's so many questions. I, I didn't think I'd leave this episode with this many extra questions, but... Cough. I Unethical. Do have, um, Cough. I do have my my large theoretically speaking, and... Another one? What? When Yeah, this is my big one of this episode. Oh, this my was gosh. Possibly, right, this it. comes into this episode. It's supported by a couple of different facts. So hear me out here. This I'm might ready. be yeah. more long-winded than I want it to be, but I'll try to sum it up quickly. Um... In the episode crossover, um, spoiler drop, they open up in Kyridian portal uh, that Lich, you know, Lich-faced uh, Jake from Farmworld. They cut off his hand, and the hand falls into the multiverse, and you see the hand split into like a hundred hands and go across the multiverse. Last time we even saw that happen was in crossover. No explanation for it. So that's absolutely the explanation why there's tons of different liches uh, that we're now seeing in these random universes. There's just a lich in the background, but the lich is chilling, not doing anything evil, not doing anything crazy. That now kind of my theory is Prismo's Fiona and Cake universe that he created sitting outside of the web of the multiverse, right? I think that there's a potential that Fiona and Cake's universe is actually the central finite curve. And that all of these other, even our prime universe, which we're considering the central finite curve, is a variation of Prismo's Fiona and Cake created universe. Just because that's how time, you know, if if Prismo lives in this time room where time doesn't exist, you know, the Fiona and Cake universe existed for all of time, correct? Now, the fact that the Lich wants to, his wish is to wish all life never existed in the universe, right? Um, but that Fiona and Cake's universe wouldn't be touchable because it's not connected to the web of all these mm-hmm. multiverses. And so that the Lich is now, had learned that maybe from, in some way, shape, or form, learned that, you know, my death is an inevitable um, amongst this created multiverse. So how do I destroy all multiverses and it, it being Fiona and Cake is the universe he can't touch because it's disconnected, but he needs to destroy Fiona and Cake's universe because that's the central finite curve. If he, he just destroys universe, that universe, then all the other universes disappear. Hmm. It's, okay. it, and and I, that's only supported with this episode. And why I kind of got that was when yeah. Gary is talking about the... Um, what, it, what does he call it again? The not the the sugar mention, uh, the oh, the, I, bake, the pastry mention. Yes, pastry and mention. I was like, yeah. oh, what if like even Gary's thought concept, the 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 fact that he made up this pastry mention, means that that created a pastry mention, or that created our prime world where there is a candy kingdom, um, and there is that. Yeah. So I. I don't That's know. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. I mean, I think if I, again, uh, you know, I'm coming at this from a lim- limited point of view, but if I was to try to debate that or try to, uh, you know, be some sort of a, a counter argument to that, I would say, I think in the Prismo episode, we heard Prismo say that for eons, he was granting other people's wishes that were creating realities. And then he straight up says, 
So I decided to one day do it for yeah. myself. So but, uh, he did give us yeah. a timeline. He gave us a pretty straight up, here's the timeline but of he, what happened. But he exists in the time room where time stems off of that. So him creating Fiona and Cake's universe wouldn't necessarily be on a timeline. It would have just happened. It would have just existed as kind of a creation. It wouldn't have been, oh, at a certain point in time, Fiona and Cake's universe existed. It would have just always existed. If we're if we're getting really into the the time and space theory here. So it's just a possibility. I'm just gonna put it out there as I'm, that's probably not 100% correct, but I would love to... But there to, is still time outside of the time room. Like time still moves normally. I don't right, know. Right, but if, I don't if know, Prismo man. created Fiona and Cake in the time room and on his laptop, yeah, he was just... he was. We saw him putting that universe into Simon's head to exist um, at that point in time. But at the same time, that universe, again, sits was created in a realm. It, it was where it wouldn't have been a specific point in time, I guess. But okay. I don't know. That's, that's getting yeah. way too Marvel shit with the time travel. I, I think so. And I, I think if anyone has any like valid or like real arguments against that, feel free to send it to the, the Traveler's Log, which is nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to read them on the podcast and we can talk about that a little bit further. But I don't know, Ned. I don't think you sold me on it, but I, I like yeah, where your head is at. I think the theoretically my, speaking is good. I think it's just... Uh, oh, I, yeah. We I, just need more evidence. We just need I, way I, more I, evidence. I got one piece of evidence in this episode and my mind ran amok. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I am not trying to defend that any further. And I okay, 100% no, invite you to shred my theory to pieces. But that's possible. the thing, right? Our theoretically speaking are meant to be... Here's my thought. Here, like This yeah. could be way off. And I think in this podcast, you are fully valid to to have whatever theoretically speaking you want. And if it comes true, that would be freaking crazy, dude. Because yeah, that would be you, you have a good point with Gary and his his uh, pastry mentioned. I mean, it is straight up the Candy mm-hmm. Kingdom, and, and, and he starts candy telling characters. the story of Slumber Party Panic. So, like, yeah, because true. that universe is one that's created by Prismo, does it have the ability? to affect slash create slash stem off timelines of those universes that exist. I don't know. I, I got one. I got a theory right here, oh, give right me now. Me. Lay it on me, baby. Uh, this is all Ice King fan fiction in Prime Universe. He's oh, just making no. all of this up no. <laughs> as we go. Oh, all right. that would now, be, what's your... That would be such an ex machina, like, to the <laughs> end of the suck. series. It oh, my. Then just Ice King closes a book and says, oh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'd, I would the I would be so pissed. Yeah, don't even, don't even manifest that, Russell. And uh, what's, your, uh, what's your lesson for this episode? My lesson from this episode is making something wonderful is as hard as manifesting your own reality. Mm. Okay. That's, yeah, as simple as that. We already discussed it already. (laughs) It's not simple. It's not, making something wonderful is not as simple as manifesting your own reality. It's really freaking hard, but it can be hard. Usually it does lead to something wonderful. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Mine is uh, even internet comedy icon David or Brian David Gilbert isn't safe from becoming a bad guy. That is (laughs) my first lesson. My second lesson is perhaps the, the true lesson of this episode is that even with good intentions, the outcome may speak differently from your own actions, which is kind of mm-hmm. speaking to uh, the Winter King. So, yeah, that's very, very much like an ends don't justify the means uh, mentality there too. And and the other, the, your first lesson is um, or the other way around. The, the means either. don't justify the ends. In a sense. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, yeah, I think that whole isn't that whole argument supposed to be like cyclical I think as so. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to, to your to your first lesson though, I was like, oh, you either. You either die the hero or you uh, oh, voice gosh. act long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you live, what is it? You live yeah, long enough to see yourself become a giant pastry from a, a potentially sexy Willy Wonka. <laughs> potentially sexy know. Willy Wonka. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. This, but no, I, I'm. if we've got so much on this episode, I really, really tried my hardest not to watch the next one before recording. Because I did not want any of yeah, my either. like theories to be uh, put to bed or be like, oh, I don't want to drop a spoiler for next week or whatever. So I'm cool. like, literally might turn around and watch that one tonight. Oh, I'm definitely watching the next episode today as well. Uh, just to even just to prepare. Well, Ned, I mean, what do you have a wrap this week? Let's wrap this up. 
Yeah, I did, oh, at home. What was my recommendation? Oh, I had a good one. Um, what was yours? I, I, let me let me uh, fester on it for a second because I thought I had a really yeah. good one. Uh, I've got a pre-rec uh, because I haven't done this yet, and also be careful. You can still get pregnant from pre-recs. Uh, <laughs> I am going to day the uh, it's the ninth annual Japanese Moon Viewing Festival, and I don't know Ooh. anything about it other than Japanese culture, and it's at. Uh, Cheekwood, which I'm pretty excited to go to because I've never gone to Cheekwood. It's like the botanical gardens, I want to say, here in Nashville. So excited to check that out. And I think that's just, it's, I'm going to love it. So that's my my pre-rec. Nice. Well, so the, your pre-rec, but not your actual rec. Well, it's my my rec. It's a pre-rec because I haven't done it yet. So I'm wrecking it oh, prior yeah, to. Might, yeah, in case it just accidentally is just terrible or anything. Yeah, like it may be horrible. Too. I mean, I don't know. Um. Shoot, man, my recommendation. This I'm gonna do a broad one just because this week's been so fantastic. It's it's just fall, autumn. It's just fantastic. Like literally this whole week. I don't know how it's been for you guys. Uh, it's definitely down here in the south, but it's been so freaking hot this summer that like being outside and getting like cool air breezes. We walk the dogs today. That like this is far and away my most favorite time of year. Like. And yeah. it is, and so get out. Maybe a recommendation is that if you got a cool breeze where it's jeans and hoodie weather, go outside, go make a fire, go watch some football, go drink a beer while you're smoking outside. Because it's, I realized that like I've been missing that for the last like six months because I've been sweating too much. Yeah, I like it, man. I'm in it. I mean, we freaking I'm had a it. whole episode about fall on the Patreon, so uh, I, I am here with you, and I think that's a good wreck. It's good, Rick. Well, good, Rick. Thank you all so much, everybody, for uh, joining us for another episode of the Never Ending Adventure Podcast. I mean, we'll be back as soon as we can with the next episode of the series. And we're, I mean, we're both pumped. We're both loving this. I know y'all are as well. Uh, we've talked about it on the the Patreon. We've got a Discord for anyone who subscribes to that. And uh, we've had some good conversations with people about this series. And it seems like that, like unanimously, we're all really enjoying this this whole thing. So it's it's awesome. Anyways. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions, your theories. Argue with our theories at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Um, man, I mean, I'm pumped. Ned, I, we'll be talking soon. We got to do yeah. a, a Patreon podcast episode where we're, you know, the NEA and beyond pretty soon here. Yeah, we do got to um, do NEA and beyond for so, all you. For all you Patreoners out there, for all you yeah. lovelies and sexies, the the most the most lovelies and sexies, not the not the say that people that just <laughs> listen to us aren't as well, but I mean you know they are the most. So you know I'm just saying. Yeah, anyways, no, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, I don't know, I don't know. All right, all right. Yeah. Anyways, party forever. Oh, I love you guys.